Hey, it's Rise Together. I don't know what that was. Nobody knows what that was. <laughs> I just felt like I wanted to start it off with energy and life. Little song, little ditty. Can I be honest? I wish you would. I smell like a garbage truck. I smell worse than you. Didn't We're- we already say this? In the last episode of the we podcast. Might, we might have. Our vacation isn't always going to be about terrible smells. But we don't. I mean, look. We don't shower on vacay. We on, shower before, Wait a second. No, no. Speak for yourself. Okay. I shower at night before I get in bed. But I, I do not shower during the day. I do not shower during the day. And we work out every day. And we work out every day. So we just live in filth. This basically like you work out in the morning... You get work done, and then you put on your bathing suit, you go to the beach, you're getting, you know, sand and salt and all these things anyway, and then you shower when you come in, you put on your jam jams, and you're ready for a delicious evening at home. Not the point of today's podcast, nope. but humble brag, I set myself a pretty aggressive target on this vacation. I wanted to run 50 miles. Yeah, it's a five, little bit part of the podcast. Zero. It's a little bit about, about a little bit a part of the podcast, and I'm 35 miles into the 50 miles. That's amazing. Which You're is amazing. You're going to beat it like so easily. I'm going to beat it so easily. I'm yeah. very excited about you that. You push yourself. I might push myself. Maybe I'll up my game past 75. 50. Let's run 3,000 miles <laughs> on this vacation. But the point of setting the target was in part like I knew we were going to come for a little bit of a longer period and we couldn't come and be like the old version of our vacation selves yeah. or we'd be in trouble. I'm Rachel Hollis. And I'm Dave Hollis. And we're married. For like 15 years. And we have four kids. That's like a thousand kids. We've been foster parents to four kids as well. And we're running a business together. That's a lot of things. It is a lot of things. But we know that it's possible to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we get through all the things, this is Rise Together. What did vacation look like for us five years ago? What does vacation look like for us today? This is a really interesting distinction is that it used to be vacation was where you went to get away from your life. And today, vacation is where you go to be reminded of who you are. Ooh, mm-hmm. should make a t-shirt about I that. I should. Uh, that was a really conscious decision that we made I don't know, a couple years ago was when you go on vacation is when you get that time and that space to step away from regularly scheduled programming, to be more present with your children, to be more thoughtful with your food, to have fun, to do these things. And in the past, I'm sure maybe some of you know what we're talking about. Like we'd go on vacation, we'd be like, give me all the Mai Tais. Let me eat absolute garbage indulge just indulge lazy never like never move our body off a lounger what's interesting for me is that like we have introduced so many between morning routine and moving our body the habits that we have in our life that afford us the energy to go chase all these things didn't maybe exist as much five years ago in a way that the contrast of departing from like who we are in our everyday would have felt as radical. And the habits that we have during every day when we're living in Austin, Texas, actually have made me feel awesome. Absolutely. And so the idea of needing to like indulge 
actually was a thing that I was like, I don't want IBS. Well, you know, like I don't need, oh like I don't, like yeah. I, we would have previously like found the wagon wheel sampler, yeah. whatever like the local delicacy was yeah. that was like, like a wagon was wheel so sampler. Hard, yeah. And I've just gone so hard and then just felt miserable the entire well, vacation. I, I thought about this. You know, it's so funny. I wrote this, I, I, we were on vacation in Hawaii, but I flew back to Dallas. I had the opportunity to go speak to a conference of 4,000 teachers. Okay, like, real quick. I saw the video. It was not a conference. You went to a rave. I did. Those <laughs> girls were living their best lives. It was so much fun. And to have to fly 16 hours round trip, like there's nobody I would do that for except for teachers. We love our teachers and our military. I do it for military yeah. too. But um, incredible opportunity. But one of the things that I had put on my notes that I've never really dug into before and I think is such a good, I'm going to write this into the new book. Um, hold on. I have my notes right here. I want to see exactly how I wrote it. Oh. You, guys know. Um, you have props for this episode. Self-care will never hurt you. Self-care will never hurt you. Oh. Caring for yourself shouldn't hurt. And what I mean is there are too many people who are like, I'm going to go drink the entire bottle of wine, self-care. I'm going to go binge eat the the nachos and the this and the that, self-care. Oh, that's a You'll great think of it epiphany. as a way to like take care of yourself when in reality, it might feel good for you in that moment, but you are you will literally be in pain. If not right away, then within 12 hours you will be in pain like you I put like hungover, sick ashamed of yourself like if you're truly caring for yourself it's not supposed to hurt you know what's interesting is you left here and me with humans that are small in a place had me like to my own having to decide to stay as accountable to the stuff that's been great in our life especially great when we are together and you are accountability accountability partner number one in my life and uh I bought like Uncrustables, yeah, which I know you saw in the refrigerator. I, know, I came back and I was like, no, and and, and I like ramen, and I bought oh, ramen God. because one of my children made puppy eyes and said, "Can I have ramen, please?" <laughs> and I said, "Yes, Oliver, you can." Yeah, um, but the reality is, I also, in a world where I don't stay up watching TV or movies. I stayed up and I watched. I mean, I watched Goodwill Hunting. Why did I watch Goodwill Hunting? I don't know. Movie. I wanted to watch Ben and Matt doing their thing. But I went to bed one night at 11:30 p.m. Which, if you're a Whoa. listener and you stay up till 11:30 p.m., well, live your best life, I guess. I don't know how you get up in the morning and do anything. <laughs> but I stayed up till 11:30, and then at five five thirty, when it was time for me to get up, I felt like garbage, mm -hmm. and I realized, like, oh, like. Yep, I'm doing my running each day and we're working on how we can like stay on a good eating plan. But the indulgence in like my old life was also not caring so much about how many hours of sleep I got. And yeah. as much as yep, this is vacation, I still want to get up and feel like I have the energy to really lean into hanging out with our kids. And I woke up and I was like, here's a here's an iPad, yeah. son. I mean, like yeah. literally we had like a See, really like detached. Yeah. I, I totally sabotaged what would have otherwise been a great Saturday because I wanted to watch mini driver make out with Matt Damon. Like I what? Think that a lot of times we unconsciously like current pleasure will sabotage future health. 
choosing to feel good in this moment, choosing something that will make you feel good in this moment doesn't always make you feel good later. In fact, I think most of the time, the things that like are not necessarily as fun in the moment are the things that make you feel good in the future. Uh, by the way, though, also, I, I put up a post a second ago about motivation. Like I am not a person who tends to be motivated that's the end of the sentence. I am just not, I'm not a person who's motivated. You're not and self-motivated. I'm not self-motivated. And so I have to choose to do it anyway. And the like way that motivation shows up for me in my life, whether it's on vacation or at home, whether it's with food and a morning routine or with running or whatever it might be, it's perseverance and momentum. The idea yeah. of like pushing through the times when I don't want to do it and doing it anyway, man, the strength I feel on the other end of a run when I really didn't feel like running, that's something that I can like tangibly feel and fuels me for wanting to do something more. But also, it's just about momentum. If I come on vacation and I get out of a rhythm that has been propelling my life, it's so hard to jumpstart and get back into it yes. when I return. It's so hard to jumpstart at any time during the vacation, but it's really hard when you get back. What's crazy is that getting a chance to like get outside of your life, like going on a vacation or getting some kind of break is supposed to energize you. But if you indulge in all these things or like do all these things or act in a way that's so far off of your behavior, it's exactly what you said. It takes you forever to get back on course. It's like when people at the end of the year start going bananas because it's the holidays. So you're like, oh, it's Thanksgiving and I'll, you know, eat more than I normally. And then I'll, oh, now I'm tired. I'm going to lay, I'm going to be lethargic. And then it's, oh, it's Christmas time or it's Hanukkah. And now I'm going to indulge in these things. And then, oh, and it's like you, you've depleted the whatever you built up during the year, it's the same concept as how many people do really well. I mean, like in coaching community, you'll hear this all the time from my life coaching group is they'll say like, gosh, I do so well with my health during the week. I take such good care of myself. I drink the water. I eat the stupid salad, even though I don't want to eat the salad. I stay on my plan. And then the weekend comes and it's like this trigger in your head. Now it's time for me to shut it off. It's so interesting because coming here, I said to myself, it was in my head. So it was more like a conversation of me talking to myself. I am not going to come back from this trip and say, I need a vacation for my vacation. Ooh, good I idea. am not going to come back and say, I need a vacation for my vacation because I've said that every single time. I think we've probably ever gone Do on you vacation. Think that, was it that because this is a family vacation? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, like when it's you and I going without the kids, yeah. there's, there's so many other ways for us to like relax, connect, yeah. intimacy, like spa, all of it. When you're with the kids, yeah. and, and by the way, the intention when we're on vacation with the kids is to really connect and be present, like be present and do the long walks on the beach and every single sandcastle and burying. I mean, I've buried Ford every <laughs> single day of this trip. The kid loves to be under sand. Yeah. It's safe, I promise. But yeah. man, he loves to be he loves to be buried. But there is something if you aren't creating structure that could leave you feeling depleted from that. And man, I'm I feel good about the way that we've really been deliberate about maintaining the things that have worked in our normal life here. Yeah. So good work, partner. Well, so so this episode is about the idea of how do you get out of this mindset of being like on, 
all or nothing. Like, or that's not the right way to say it. Being like on, but then having times in your life where you're allowed to be off. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. And I don't mean like relaxation, like that being off, like relaxing. I mean, the training never stops. You wanting to be a better version of yourself, you wanting to be stronger as a couple, you do that every day. It's like, this is who you are. You don't get to like step in and step out of being the best version of yourself. The best version of yourself is still there with you on vacation. He's still there with you on the weekend. She's still there with you when you're struggling. If you're going to be this person, the way that you that really clicks and stays with you is that you realize that you cannot step away from your greatness. What's the saying? It's a runner saying, but like the way you take the hill is the way. Yeah. The way you approach a hill is the way you approach life. Yeah. So if you've ever run, trained for a long run, inevitably in, in every run, there's a hill. And sometimes it's a little hill and sometimes it's an awful, tall, crazy hill. But in a race, in, a, in like let's say you're doing 5K, 10K, half marathon, full, when you're coming up on a hill, I always look around me. There are the people who see a hill and immediately walk. Yeah. They don't even try the hill. Yeah. They immediately walk. They've already told themselves they don't have a chance. There are people who get discouraged right away because there's a hill. There are people who see the hill and they don't change pace at all. They're just like, slow and steady wins this race. You got this. Let's go. And then there are people who are like, oh, oh, I see you, hill. Welcome to me, hill. Here we go, hill. Let's run up. And look, everybody has their own journey. But I think what we would hope for as a community is let us at the very least be the people who don't change pace. Yeah. Best case scenario, you're the one that sees a challenge in front of you and gets fired up because this struggle is about to show you what you're made of. I mean, in in the world of let's make this a bigger analogy for life, like the training that you're doing for a race is for the hill, right? And so the training that you're doing in life is for when the unexpected news shows up, when the person that you depended on isn't there anymore, when it like just you go through a, a dark season or whatever it might end up being. You're training in the everyday on flat ground so that when the hill comes and it's going to come, you have the conditioning to make it to the top of the hill without totally breaking down. What's interesting about that analogy, too, is like there is something for me. I know there's something for you. I think there's something for humans in general. But for now, let's just say it's it's us. Um, There's something so powerful for me about challenging myself physically. Challenging myself physically makes me mentally tough, makes me emotionally strong. And the perfect example of this is what just happened at Rise. Oh, yeah. So y'all know if you've been hanging out with me on social, if you listen to the Rise podcast, that my word, so every year at the start of the year, I choose a word that is going to represent who I want to be this year. And my word in 2019 is warrior. Like I knew my 2019 calendar was insane. My schedule's crazy. We have two, three Rise events. Now we have Rise Business. Like there's so much going on. I needed to be at the top of my game. And so I chose the word warrior. And I love warrior because if you think of like warriors in ancient times, how did you become a warrior? You trained 
every single day. And a warrior who went to battle either won or got their butt kicked. And if they got their butt kicked, they didn't go, oh, crap, I'm not a warrior. They went, okay, now I know what I need to go back and work on every day. Because that failure is what taught me my weakness. And now I know exactly the part of myself that I need to make tougher. So I love, love warrior. And I have been, uh, for the first time in my life in 2019, working out every day. I mean, I'm sure I know that there are weeks where I didn't get it every day, but seven days a week, 90% of the time. You've I'm, been, number one, you've been crushing it. I see you. Also, I see the divots in your arms. Thank you. I'm happy for them. <laughs> and my interest in making out with you should not be as tied as it is to the frequency of you working out. And yet, yeah, I'm drawn to you. I agree. I love you and I'm attracted to you at all times. But when you're in shape like you are right now, it's strong. Let's stay on top. <laughs> in any event, I've been working out every day. And not only have I been working out every day, I think this is a big difference this year in a way that I've never done before. I have been pushing myself. Like I have been, because in the past I would think as long as you get a workout in, Rach, that's all you need. And there are plenty of days where I'm just, maybe I'm just doing my routine. But several times a week, I don't care what it is, do five more when you don't think you have any left. Add 10 pounds to this. Do six more crunches. Like I am mentally pushing myself to do more than I think that I can to prove to myself how strong I am. And how good do you feel on the other side oh of that, Oh, my though? gosh. That's, the, so whole, that's the point. So good. So we go into Rise Conference in Minneapolis last month, and I have never had this happen before. In any speaking, I mean, I've the amount of times I've done keynotes, um, I was so sick. I was so scared. I was so sick, you guys. Flying to Minnesota that morning, I woke up. I was so sick to my stomach, so nauseous, cramping, like horrible cramps. Thank you, uterus. Um, it was just, it was awful. And I got up the next day and I felt like garbage. And if you've ever seen me speak and imagine this times three, I am incredibly physical on stage. I don't stop moving. I'm, I'm very, like, I'm just... And you I'm are. at Rise, I'm on stage for like five hours, literally. A day. And I'm like backstage just, I've, I mean, I prayed like the amount of prayers, like so sincere, like, God, you gave me this platform. Like, I need you to give me the strength to, to do this because at Rise, if I can't go on, who is going to, what are we going to do? No one wants to hear me take you honestly, through your past honestly, trauma. Oh my God, it was my so goodness. bad. And the very first day, I like made it through. I, in the midst of this first day, got a stomach survival kit. I mean, like, if there Everything. was anything that's ever been put in a package that helps stomachs, Absolutely. I had it in a bag that I was I carrying around. I had it in around. my body. Yeah. It's amazing too because most of that weekend, like I couldn't even keep food down, and I, I just—it was crazy, you guys. It was so crazy. So I get through the first day, and I've never had this happen before. We get back to our hotel, and I'm supposed to go that night to to a VIP party. We get back to our hotel, and my body shut down. Like I, we were driving back to the oh, hotel, God, so and there was a lot of traffic because there was a Twins game in Minneapolis that night, and we're th like a block and a half from the hotel. 
and Ra- the back door of the car opens and Rachel got out and started walking because she thought she was going to throw. Yeah. So we get to there. I'm. I have violent shakes. I'm like my. I can't get warm. God bless Dave. Got like three heating pads. He covered me with every blanket. I was like, Doing my body was like in going into shock. It was so bad. Ended up, I was not able to go to VIP that night. I've never missed an event in my entire career, and I had to cancel. And our VIPs were so great. I I took pictures and met with them the next day but um did it that night got up the next day like okay that day was horrible second day in a row i'm sick again whole day just like praying god please 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 thank the lord for adrenaline like adrenaline carried me through that whole got to the third day the third day was the day that i finally felt good again and i think people felt it It was like holy crap like where did yeah but i was so sad the first like when you guys went to the VIP party and I'm in a bed shivering and I'm crying because I'm like I'm thinking I've trained for seven months to be physically capable of handling this conference and I got sick like I can't believe I got sick I work so all this stuff right I fall asleep that night and I get up the next day and I'm like oh my gosh it was this huge epiphany you weren't training so that you could be you were training so that when you got sick, you were still going to be strong enough to take the hill. That'll preach. Come on. That'll preach. But I think that there's something so profound about this idea. If you are listening to this right now, ask yourself, where where are you allowing the excuse that you get to step away from who you are? Like, oh, it's the weekend I get to indulge. Oh, it's vacation I get to go. Oh, it's the holidays. I, you know, when I'm with certain friends, when I go back home to my family, that is what is throwing you off. You know, the people who are like, man, I just, I do so well and then I fall off the wagon and I can't get back on or like I just struggle with consistency or I'm not making any progress even though I feel like I'm working so hard. Like you are spinning your wheels because you will not keep yourself on track. Here's the thing I will say for myself, I associated the indulgence in food, I associated the indulgence in drink, I associated indulgence in general as the only way to fully enjoy yes, a vacation. A hundred percent. I mean, so I'm what, like three months now into not having alcohol. How do you do? Good job, babe. Thank you very much. I just made a decision three months ago that I was going to be a healthier human being. We had too many things to go and chase as a company, and that I personally wanted to see if I could commit to and stick to this thing. Well, I, I think you also it's important to know as humans, I think we have to be really honest with ourselves. Like maybe you don't, maybe it's not something you're telling the world, but you better be self-aware enough to know what is your most dangerous coping mechanism. Oh yeah. So like this was mine for sure. And I've struggled with alcohol in the past. I struggled with food for most of my life, binge eating, emotionally eating, sabotaging my health in awful, awful ways that creating a shame spiral. I know you've experienced some of the same stuff when it comes to alcohol. If you're listening to this right now, you need to ask yourself that question. Like, what is what is the what are the coping mechanisms that I have that are very dangerous to me? And I keep telling myself it's only once in a while, it's only a little bit, but when life gets hard, 
it's too easy to reach for that thing. Yeah. It, it, for me, I'm like three, a little three and a half months ago, getting book edits for the first time, preparing for two rise conferences, talking about how we're going to continue to grow this team that started at four and now sits over 40 in less than a year's worth of time. And for me, having a drink was just a thing that I did to take the edge off. But I was not on my game as much as I ought to be. And I knew that it had the chance of tipping into something that could become super unhealthy if I didn't just say, you know what, I'm gonna cut it off. And when I did, and we talked about it a little bit, but when I did, I don't know that I gave a lot of thought to what it might mean to go on our anniversary vacation or come on this trip to Hawaii and not drink. I remember the first time we took it, actually, we came to Hawaii. And you, so it's an eight hour flight from Texas to Hawaii. And I don't think you had had a single plane trip yet when you weren't drinking. And we flew to Hawaii and I was so proud of you. I was like, I cannot, <laughs> truly, I cannot believe that he just flew for eight hours and didn't have alcohol. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a huge deal. Like Here's anyone who flies a lot understands like that's a huge deal. I dig it. I'm not a great flyer. So trust me, I've just like had it as a thing that I always thought I needed. Yeah. But th th that is the most important sentence in this. That I thought I always needed has been an unbelievable blessing in this three months of choosing sobriety. And that is... I thought I always needed a drink to have fun. I thought I always needed a drink to take care of my anxiety. I thought I always needed a drink to take off the rough edges after a long day. And I can tell you with 100% certainty that I'm having a great time every single day on this vacation. Alcohol does not necessarily equal having a great time. Having a great time is having a great time. And by the way, there's some great non-alcoholic options. Yes. Hey, non-alcoholic beer is a thing now, guys. Non-alcoholic yeah. champagne. Like we found everything. So then in those like on our anniversary dinner, like Dave hadn't had any drinks. And then on anniversary dinner, I was like, I really want to have champagne. And the hotel was so sweet. They found us non-alcoholic sparkling wine. So he got to like have a champagne flute with me. It sort of felt indulgent. Oh, I we felt got very to fancy. Toast. But it wasn't. If they could have put a, a, a little umbrella in that yeah. thing, I'd have been ready well, to go. Well, and I think like mentally you almost feel it like is sort of the same. It's like the habit, right? Of like, this is what we do. And it allows you to, I don't know, settle into that moment. Here's the, here, the, the, I think the biggest thing for me in like real time on this vacation, in real time this far into choosing not to drink, the things I thought were wrong. Yeah. And it wasn't until I made some choices and stayed consistent with it that I could see with clarity how wrong I was to think I needed those things. And the fact now that I've gone through a couple of trips now, making healthier choices, sticking to exercise, not drinking, and we've had an amazing time, it has forever changed the way I'm going to think about the kind of me that has to show up on a vacation to have a good time. Mm -hmm. The like more time that I spend... Committing to what we're eating, or committing to moving my body every day, or committing to not drinking for however long I choose to, it is a thing that I, I, I mean, I take so much personal pride in it because it reminds me I can, I can do anything. Yeah. I mean, like th this, like decision, any of these decisions, but this decision to not drink for three, like the three months that it's been, like, tell me a thing that you want me to do, I can do it. I'm 100 yeah. positive, and I wouldn't maybe have known it for not having decided to do something and stick with it. I'd like to give a, not devil's advocate, but like another angle on this because I am positive if I listened to this podcast six years ago, I'd be like, whatever. Like, 
oh, so you're just going to live the rest of your life, never have fun, never. Like, I would make so many. <laughs> I'm just thinking of, like, truly. Yeah. People I want to punch us in the face a little bit. No, here's the thing. Like, when we were first here, when we first got here, I posted, I made banana bread. I made banana bread with chocolate chips. I was like, I was so happy to go bake. It made me feel like Susie Homemaker for the kids. I don't get a lot of time to bake at home. And I posted in my opinion, a very beautiful photo of my banana bread. It made me happy. because I very controversial. I used to be a food blogger. <laughs> I mean, by the way, it was. People are ridiculous. But um, I used to be a food blogger, and so I wrote this post about like, hey, I made my own banana bread, and I'm, you know, still, still on plan, still eating the kale, whatever, but like allowing myself to indulge. And, you know, people were like, you don't need to justify your treat. You need to treat yourself. You need to live your life. You need, and I only responded to one person. This is what I usually do when the internet gets fired up about something. I'll just <laughs> respond to one person yeah. because I want anyone else who's reading comments to have some perspective. I think people get really crazy about how other people eat, which is so funny. But um, like, don't make food up evil thing i'm like calm down worry about your own diet <laughs> instead of some stranger on the internet you weirdo you're not a stranger to me rachel oh well here's the thing here here's why it matters and i i almost like wrote a whole post and i was like oh no this is too much drama like you shouldn't have to justify your own diet but it is very important to me i i, I would never just post the chocolate chip banana bread never because I want you to know, like, this is, for me, this matters to me as a leader. If you are listening to a podcast, if you are following me on social, there is a responsibility. And as a leader, I want you to know that if I am on vacation, if I'm having some fun, if it's date night, which is my cheat meal, I want you to know that I am having that thing, but this was an exception. This was not the rule. Yeah. Like, I... I have so much fun. I love to eat. I am still indulging in things that I love, but it is 5% of my diet and 95% of my diet is foods that bless my body. Not foods that make me thin, not foods that I'm trying to look a certain way, foods that bless my body. I think in terms of the vegetables, the nutrients, the protein, the stuff that I need to be the best woman I can be for myself, for you, for the kids. So it was really important to me to say, like, I'm having fun. I'm, hey, we're on vacation and, you know, tonight you and I are going to go on a date night. I'm going to have a Mai Tai. I've not had one have since a Mai we tai. got you to know what, have? what? A virgin Mai Tai. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that, that's what you're going to get from me. And I think it's what's funny, what's not funny. But on some of those people where they were, like, attacking me because I said that, I click on their, on their feed. And I click on their feed and I see the, the handful of people that I just happened to see that were saying like, you don't need to justify that food. We're food bloggers. We're food bloggers who specialized in indulgent food. Sure. And I was like, girl, you do you. You do you. You do it with pride. But don't you dare come at someone you do not know and try and put your beliefs on me. Like if you want to like my uh, social media, right? Like. You're coming over to my house. You're coming over to my house. This is what I believe. And if you don't like what I believe, you don't have to follow That's me. Fine. Just go somewhere else or yeah. ignore it. I'm always amazed by that too. I'm like, 
if I if someone posts something I don't like, I either unfollow them or I just go, okay. Sarah's <laughs> post it wasn't for me. <laughs> the people were like, ah, how dare you say that you have to eat kale? I'm like, I do feel like I have to eat kale so that I can poop later. Because if I'm going to only have banana bread, probably need some roughage. That's all I'm saying, you guys. <laughs> Foods that bless my body. I think it's, I mean, like the maturity that comes with time of conscientiously thinking about how you will fit thinking about how you're going to feel right how are you going to feel by showing up for your life showing up for your vacation showing up for the weekend showing up for the holidays that's the thing that we didn't ask five years ago that we asked today it doesn't mean that Yep, there's some indulgence that happens on vacation that might not happen normally. Of course, there, of course there is, and there, and there frankly should be. But you have to define, as a listener, how you hope to feel. Yeah. And then act accordingly. I, what I think of, um, gosh, the only analogy, this is probably like such an inappropriate analogy. Sounds like you shouldn't say it. Uh, probably not. <laughs> but it's the only thing I can think of, and it's so accurate. Oh, my gosh. I'll say it, and then if you think it's wrong, we'll edit it out. Uh, Cameron, get ready to edit this out. <laughs> Years ago in church, um, so if you're uh, if you're part of, I don't, I only know the Christian faith. I've never been in in any other faith, so maybe other faiths do this. But in the Christian faith, uh, there's something called tithing. So in the Christian faith, you believe that you, or maybe not all, but in the churches I grew up in, and we still believe this today, that you give ten percent of your income to God. Like you give it to the church, you give it to nonprofits, you give it like that you are, that's your, that's tithing. And years ago, I remember a pastor saying, you can't tip God. Meaning people who would come in and they go to church on Easter, they go to church on Christmas, they haven't been here all year. Maybe you go to church all year long, but, and then every once in a while you throw like 20 bucks in the plate. He was like, you either are all in, like in faith, you walk in faith, this is your home church, and so you support this church by tithing, that's how churches stay afloat, or you don't, but you can't tip God. And I think it's the same thing about our bodies. Like, you can't tip yourself. You can't go to the gym one time and think that that means that you're in shape. You can't eat one salad during the week. Or frankly, you can't eat 10 salads during the week and then get to the weekend and go crazy and think that it, it balances out. It because doesn't. the negative thing that you're doing is so much more hurtful than the positive thing that you did once. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know that I uh, get the church analogy totally, but I totally get the point. You don't get the church analogy about not tipping God, or you don't get me using that as this reference. Yes, but it made sense in my mind. You know what? Let's go with it. I like it. It's <laughs> either good. you heard that and it made total sense to you, or you're like Rachel's an idiot. It wouldn't be the first time someone thought that. So. No, I. But I think actually, like a thing that I think of in you saying it, the you know, like the fallacy I used to believe was like, oh, you know what? I can, I can like kind of do part-time healthy eating and yeah. it's going to produce a great result. Great. And you can't be a part-time worker on the health game. Well, you because... can't be part, you can't be yourself part-time. That's what I'm trying to get at is like when, when people come to rise, this is the big thing that we want them to take away is like, you are this person, this dream in your heart, this vision you have, this you are the best version of yourself. 
she's in there. He's in there. Like it is you. And if it is you, then every day you take a step, another step, reaching for the best version of you. We don't always get there, but we try. You can't, you, you think like you can put your best self, like you can pull it on and off like a hat. It, no, it, it's you. What was the title that you gave at the beginning of this episode? Was this idea of like not, like stop quitting on the weekends, stop quitting on vacation, stop quitting during the holidays, start like this sort of on off switch to health yeah. is, is a myth. It's not true. And it's setting you back because every time you know this, right? Like if you've listened this far in this episode, something we're saying is clicking with you. So you know that it doesn't work to step in and out. And most of the time, especially with the women in our community, it makes you feel so much worse. Oh man, that's where I was hoping you were going to go. I was trying to bring it home with that because it's like you put in this effort. If you're putting in the in and out part-time, not full, like, you know, like in it, letting yourself totally go, you know, on the weekends, mentally, you're like in your head, Mm -hmm. convincing yourself of one thing. The results that you're going to end up seeing from the days when you're on are not actually going to be there because of the way that the inconsistency throws you off. Well, and not even, by the way, you guys, not even like the physical results. The physical results are a a byproduct of you living a life that is fulfilling to you. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no, no. I'm talking about the way that you are going to think about the effort being worth it. I'm talking about the mental result of the consistency because when you start to get that doubt in your mind, when you start to get that... You start to, like when you start to feel bad, you like it colors everything that you have going on in your head. Robs all momentum, like steals everything that you were doing. Only now you're trying to get yourself to go again, and now you've got more baggage. Oh, by the way, going back to my like, I'm not motivated, but I'm gonna go run anyway. If I've made you know like an inconsistent amount of choices around indulging in vacation eating or staying up crazy late or not being like really anchored to my morning routine, my ability to self-motivate and do it anyway is lower. Like I want to get out on these roads, but if I'm going to do it, if my foundation is out of this place of more consistent living, man, I like on the days I don't want to, which is most days, I say yes more often because of the times when I'm anchored to something a little more consistent. Man, I hope that y'all liked this. I hope this was a good episode. The funny thing is, we 100% started out to do a completely different episode. Surprise. And then it just felt so good we kept going. You know what it was? What? It was the smell. Yeah. We need to actually either put on bathing suits and sit in the sun and enjoy our lives or take a shower. That's absolutely accurate. But in the meantime, I hope we gave you some food for thought. I hope that if you are heading out on vacation this summer, you will remember this idea. Vacation is not you escaping your life because honestly, people will spend all year planning a vacation to escape their life instead of spending all year figuring out how to improve their life so they don't want to escape it. You're not going to drop a microphone for that because that was freaking beautiful. That was beautiful, but normally when I try and add a cherry on top of something as beautiful as that, I get a side eye. (laughs) 
Um, So this idea, like, I love coming on vacation, slowing down, reassessing, being present, reminding myself who I want to be. I think if you feel like that right now, if you feel like, man, this yeah, I'm, we're going on vacation and, and I do think that it's this big chance to not have to live my life. That should be what you dig into on vacation. I mean, I like the saying that you had when we first got here, which was this trip and any trip we take is going to be about reminding ourselves of who we are and who we want to be, not an escape from who we are and who we want to be. Like yeah. really grounding ourselves in our family values and what's important to us. Absolutely. Aloha. Aloha.